The show is here. Yo, our mission is clear. It's time to change healthcare. Have no fear. Today is the day. This is the hour. Together, you know we've got the power. Drop the silos. We're all the same team. Patients, docs, nurses, tech, and marketing. How can anyone be satisfied with the way things have always been? Yeah, we've tried. So join us now. Join the revolution. Digital health is the evolution. Status quo, more like status, no. Yeah, this is the healthcare rap. Y'all, come on, let's go. Welcome to the healthcare rap, where we are ushering in the future of healthcare and the status quo no longer exists where we are challenging assumptions about marketing and technology, and we check yesterday's thinking at the door. Where truth drops like an atom bomb, and knowledge flows like Niagara Falls. Each week we challenge assumptions that have been holding back healthcare marketing, and explain how we can do better. Join us. This is the Healthcare Wrap. What's up, what's up? How's the posse? How are you? I'm Jared, and here on this program, we are done with the status quo in healthcare marketing. Simply put, the game has changed. Hospitals and health systems are starting to reimagine their growth marketing strategies and are finally starting to make healthcare about consumers and innovation. We call it Marketing Forward. If you want to be part of it, then this is the place for you. We're going to help you find your place in this new movement, and you are going to be one of the ones shifting the way that healthcare is marketed and experienced. I can't wait for you to be a part of the posse. Before I get too far, we have a brand new media network called Shift.Health. It's a podcast network and a video network. If you like the healthcare app, I think you'll like the other series and shows that we have there. So go check it out at shift.health. Go check out the other podcasts we have. Go check out the video series, including Now What, which was the four-part series that we just recently featured here as well. All four episodes were aired here on the podcast. So here's what's going to go down today. Peter's in the house. Peter Balistrieri, my faithful co-host and original co-founder of this podcast. He's here. He's back. He's going to be talking with me about who will fix healthcare now that everything has been disrupted. We had a lot of fun looking to the future. So tell you what, let's do this. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey there, listeners. If you're all about listening to your website visitors to learn more about how to improve your website experience, then G-Site is for you. G-Site is a suite of digital improvement tools that capture the voice of the digital customer. Hi, I'm Rob Klein, co-founder of G-Site and founder and CEO of Klein & Partners, a market research and brand consulting firm dedicated to helping hospitals and health systems find their brand voice. I co-developed this service offering with the team at Greystone.net several years ago. G-Site helps you prioritize and focus your website improvement and enhancement efforts. It's a suite of solutions, including a pop-up website experience survey tool, a user-friendly dashboard and reporting tool, a user behavior tracking tool, expert consulting services, and more. What if I told you that 8% of your visitors have a new negative opinion of your brand after visiting your website? Now multiply that number by the total number of annual visitors. Does that number scare you? If so, go to www.graystone.net forward slash G site to learn more about how we can help and sign up for an introductory overview. Hope to speak with you soon. Hey, my man, Peter, how the heck are you? Good, Jared. What's going on? Long time no talk. Oh, you know, it's just what we do these days, right? We just try to get on. For the record, we are on a Zoom call, but we are not on a video Zoom call. So even that is kind of refreshing. 
It is actually, yeah, we're not having to kind of, you know, look at each other in the eye and you know, figure out if we're actually staring at the camera or not. But um, been a lot of Zoom calls, but um, it's always great to talk to you. And uh, it's under different circumstances. Uh, I think last time we talked, COVID was not a thing. And now here we are. And, you know, you and I are gigantic baseball fans. And uh, we are in a world where we may, may or may not have baseball. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts about things there? <laughs> so what a question. You're right. I think a couple of times ago that we, we chatted here, the question was, which spring training game are we going to go to? Right. And uh, that didn't work out. So no. So my, my thought, so I think at this point, you know, the, this episode is airing in uh, early to mid-May and uh, we don't have baseball yet. Uh, I've heard every plan under the sun. There was at one point an Arizona only plan. Then there was an Arizona and Florida plan. Then there was an Arizona, Florida and Texas plan. And now there are, apparently there is a plan in the works and uh, who the heck knows how this is going to turn out. If I had to guess, my guess would be that there will be some baseball played, but how many fans are in a stadium and whether there are fans at all and when it starts, those are the questions. Uh, the, you know, I get the feeling that there's a very strong desire to do it, but that, that's really based, like that's so far down the road, right? No matter who they are, uh, no matter what league we're talking about, they have to figure out how it's possible to test everyone who's involved often enough so that people feel comfortable enough with it. And I, I don't know what the answer is to that. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, they're saying 80 games or something along those lines. And then I saw, I read that, you know, they would shuttle their you know, players and the families from a hotel to the, these fields, wherever these fields are, if it's Arizona, Florida, Texas, you know, for however many months. And that doesn't sound like a fun time for anybody. So I know the MLBPA has probably got a lot of concerns there. And uh, it's one of those things where it might just be something that they have to, to cancel out. I mean, we move on to football next. I, I don't know, but I think we use this as a segue, not to try to get off baseball too fast, because you know you and I could talk about it all day long. But these are these basically these questions that are happening in healthcare too, is what is the next step for a lot of these places? It's interesting. What, what have you heard in, in your dealings? And I'll kind of share with you what I've heard from, from my world. It depends on which side I'm talking about. And I've learned how regionally different it is. Mm-hmm. When I was speaking last week with, with some surgeons up in New York, up in the Bronx, right? And then earlier in the Ground week... Ground zero, basically, right? Yeah, the epicenter of the epicenter really was. Mm-hmm. And then I was speaking earlier in the week with some friends out in North Carolina. I was speaking with, with friends here in Arizona. And there is no one consensus. And, and I think that's where we're all getting frustrated, right? Is that we just yeah. don't know like who has the answer. Well, no one does right now. People might have part of the answer for their region. And there's so much disparity state to state, metro area to metro area, that it, it's just hard to know what, what to do at all. One of the questions we're going to talk about today, Peter, is what are we going to do about it? And, and really, who's going to fix healthcare, right? So we're going to take a step back beyond the the here and now and really say like what opportunity is right in front of us and like who's going to fix some of the things that have been just lingering out there for years and decades in fact with the healthcare system things that have been broken and so who's going to do that so meal that's probably a perfect time to dive into our rap battle because that's what we're going to talk about
Rap Battle. For those of you who are new listeners, first and foremost, thanks for being on this journey with us. But uh, the Rap Battle is where we really dive in. This is where we challenge the status quo. This is where we talk about the way that things could be different. And uh, so, Peter, this is perfect time. Uh, tell me what you are hearing. You know, what, what things you're, the conversations, the considerations that are being made. What are people talking about related to this that you're hearing? You can slice and dice things in healthcare down to very, you know, the minutia of things. And, but, I, you know, one level up from that would be even it's different, I think, in children's hospitals to, to adult hospital systems, you know, based on how COVID works, so to speak. I think that has to be taken into consideration. You know, with that being said, children can often be carriers of COVID. You know, they may not even be, they may be asymptomatic. And so I think how a children's hospital deals with elective surgeries and, and what they're doing to keep their hospital clean, safe, you know, risk-free is probably quite different than what an adult system or adult hospital might be doing. But I think one of the things to your point from about talking about what we can do going forward or what we've learned, I guess kind of the sad part is, is that we already, we all knew, I think a long time ago that telehealth was something we should have been doing. And it was one of those things where it was, it was saved only for rural, you know, situations or, you know, for invalid folks that couldn't make it in, you know, because of their situation. And a lot of times they were looking at patients for strokes and things like that. They would have telestroke and things like that. But now with COVID, I found myself saying the same saying a number of times in my work at, in healthcare. But sometimes it takes a pandemic to change <laughs> the outlook of things. And um, it's a story of silver linings. I think that the telehealth, telemedicine aspect of things, while we should have been doing it, it sounds like it's going to be, from what I'm hearing, it's going to be kind of a, a hybrid operating model of, of what we do going forward. There are certainly never going to replace in-person visits for certain things, whether it's you know chronic or congenital or something along those lines. But by and large, there's a lot of opportunities that doctors' offices and, and health systems can utilize telehealth. And what do we always say on this podcast, but also in general, we've always said healthcare is about who, right? The patient. And how can we make it best for the patient? Well, I think we've learned a hard lesson, but we've also have a map in front of us now on how we can fix it using AI and telemedicine and all the things that, that you especially have been talking about in this great podcast and, and the healthcare wrap. It's just, it's where we have to go. And I feel like it's giving us that roadmap to go forward. And that's what I'm hearing is that it's not going to go away anymore. But it has to be part of the the culture, if you will, going forward. And it can't be... But I think what I've also heard, though, too, Jared, is that it was always an issue about how to get reimbursed for telehealth, for a televisit or telehealth visit. And again, it, sometimes it takes a pandemic to get people to get comfortable with something quickly. I think they figured it out pretty quickly, at least where I'm at. I think a lot of other hospitals are figuring it out. They're getting, they're, they're getting out of their own way and being like, we got to make this work. And so I think people that had heels dug in on certain things, coding and billing and all those things, I think when they realized that their world was going to crumble, crumble around them, it's, there's a bit of a self-preservation <laughs> aspect <laughs> to this as well. Again, it, sometimes it takes a pandemic. I agree. Let's talk about the digging in your heels a little bit part because I'm, I'm really focused on that lately, right? And the question that I posed out there on LinkedIn recently was the who, like who's going to fix healthcare, right? 
particularly the way that it's marketed and experienced. Because when we talk about, you know, healthcare is broken, that's like every aspect of it, right? And I tend to leave a lot of those other answers to other people, right? I, for one, like I just don't know enough about payers, you know, to fix the, the insurance and the payer side of things. But I know from personal experience how broken parts of those are. So, so I don't dive into that. I just, I like to learn what other people are doing to innovate there. So I'm focusing on the, the marketing and experiencing part, which is what we do tend to talk about here on this program, right? right. But now that, like you said, now that the pandemic's hit, now that that has disrupted things, who's going to fix the way that healthcare is marketed and experienced? And in my mind, it's, it's one of two things. Is it, you know, is it going to be the incumbents who try to fix things using the same rules as they did before? Or is it going to be new players who decide, you know what, there are new rules. We're going to create these new rules. We're going to find a way to incentivize the things that we're doing, even on a small scale, because that's only the only part we can control. But we're going to figure those things out. And then we're, we're just going to take that part of the world by storm. And that question, even just asking that, like saying it out loud, like, is it going to be those who, who are going to go right back to, okay, hey, let's go. Hey, uh, everyone, this has been a fun little distraction. Can you just turn right back around and stop looking that direction? And let, let's go back to the past. You know, everyone's looking too much to the future now. Like, let's go back to the way things were. Things are going to settle down. And let's just go back to our fee-for-service world and, you know, marketing big doctors' faces on billboards. And man, the opportunity that's in front of us, that's what I can't get over really. I don't feel like, so I can't help wonder if like in the next 12 to 18 months, right? This isn't going to be today, tomorrow, next week, but I think in the next 12 to 18 months, not only are there going to be fewer players on the board, there are going to be fewer service providers. There are going to be fewer agencies and consultants. I don't even know if it's a question of that they can pivot. Just things have just worked out that way, right? Some clients just aren't going to come back in the same way that they were before. So in the next 12 to 18 months, I think we're going to see the rise of new voices. We're going to see new leaders emerge and we're going to see new service providers, you know, new MarTech companies, new types of services that are out there that, that are going to be adopted. And they're going to play by new rules. They're going to say, you know what, I don't even care how things were done before. This is how it could have been. And this is what we're going to do now. This is the way it should have been all along. I just, for one, like, I don't want to miss that opportunity. I feel like it's, it's right there. And it is a silver lining because you're right. Like it, it takes a pandemic. And so no, no one wishes anything about the way that it happened, the way that it came about. Right. But now that it's here and there was nothing we could do to control that, the fact that it was here, right? What are we going to do about it? Like, that's the part that I just can't get out of my mind, like day after day after day. And I'm like, okay, all these things that we were talking about, like finally making healthcare about consumers and about innovation. That's one of the things that, that I always enjoy having you on the program and, and co-hosting with you, Peter, is that you're so mindful of the innovations that are happening and how they make life better for a patient and their family and how the doctors see it and think about it and care about it. And that's a really important perspective here. So understanding that, that there are innovations out there. And if it's not being implemented, maybe, you know, maybe it's just because that health system wasn't prepared to do that. But it doesn't mean that the innovation was wrong or doesn't work. You know, the, the adoption of it is a totally different aspect of it. So I think just the, the thought of the, like there are going to be some new big ideas. You know, if, if anything, I'm thinking like, like where are they going to come from? Who's going to do them? And are they going to be big, shiny objects that we're talking about? Or are they going to be kind of like incremental things that all of a sudden they're too small to uh, pay attention to? Okay, so like here's my Star Wars analogy, right? The, yeah, I um, love them. Episode four, New Hope. Yeah. <laughs> the, why didn't the rebellion get shot down when they're attacking the Death Star? Because 
well, you know, we didn't take into account such a small squadron or what, you know, whatever the uh, Imperial forces were saying. And, right. and uh, real Star Wars fans are going to just slaughter me for the, for butchering that. <laughs> but it was like, well, we didn't take into account the fact that you could have such a small squadron coming and, and, you know, shooting down this way, you know, our guns are too big, basically. <laughs> like, you know, is, is it that? Like, are we yeah, going to be like, like so that? In, in other words, what you're saying is don't have your hospital or your health system be the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. But you know, but you're right though, because, and I think people that work at, at health systems that feel, they may, they may feel like their health system or their hospital is the Death Star. That might be that segue too, that we talked about. Uh, there's plan being planful about, you know, certain things like this and having, you know, enough cash on hand and, and all those kinds of things from a business stand, standpoint. But then there's also those things that it's kind of the egghead syndrome where you get like, you might, you might have the, the tech folks that have been always saying, well, we wanted to do this app or, or, you know, we wanted to do this dashboard and, you know, they were often looked at as kind of like, well, just go back into your, you know, your, your area with all the computers and, you know, and, and we'll look at it, you know, and it's like the classic movies that you, you see the, those folks that are planning it. And even like in World War II, you know, we have the, where they were, they were able to decode some of the, the messages and things like that. It wasn't the people with the guns and the, and the muscles and all those things. It was the people that were behind desks that played a huge part of that. And I, I know that's kind of a funny analogy, but I think it's it's appropriate in the fact that if these health systems and these hospitals want to move forward and they want to be consumer facing and they and consumer centric and patient centric and be successful in the world of where we're going, because I have to say that I don't think things will ever be the same. So I think I'm somewhat feeling optimistic that we can't do what you said before. We can't just say, oh, this is something and we're just going to go back to how we were. I think that we all we should know that we all have to kind of move forward and have, there's a new reality. There's a new normal going forward. And is it more, more telehealth, more apps, more dashboards, more data-driven you know, ways of doing things? And I think that that's going to be really important. But it also is from a business standpoint, not just to be kind of skirting along with only, you know, 30 days of cash on hand or something. And it's, it's kind of having that background of, uh, hey, this could happen again. It, look at how easily it happened this time. Let's have more than 100 days of cash on hand. And let's have ways that we can quickly reach out to all of our patients in one mass text or, you know, something along those lines. I'm getting really down into the minutia, but it's a matter of how do we communicate and go forward using technology and just not go, not take a step backwards. So I think that's kind of where you were going with it, but that's what I'm excited to see too. And, and the health IT folks might play a much, much bigger role. The health tech folks, like you were saying, might play a much bigger role, even bleeding into the marketing side and the, and the communication side of things, right? Not just at the hospital itself, but how do the external messages happen about those things as well? So I think that's important. For sure. And I'm glad you brought the financial aspect into it because isn't that what drives a lot of the, either the fear or the, the optimism? I mean, it's okay. Well, we're taking a look at our current financial situation. You were mentioned cash on hand. There's also the, the culture that goes with that. You know, how are we prepared culture wise to deal with this? And now we have to, to deal with team members who are either furloughed or laid off. And, and when they come back, you know, they're not going to be the same person. We're not going to be the same department. You know, we've paused things with our consultants and service agencies and we can't just turn things back on. Like now we've got to kind of start over there. So do we just keep them paused eternally while we figure something out? 
all of that comes back to your current financial situation and preparedness. And so I'm glad you brought that part up because I think when you when you look at it, that really just drives so much of the other the the down that's the upstream. And the downstream is all the other stuff we typically talk about. Okay, hey, marketing strategy. How do we connect with with consumers? You know, what does our brand look like? And those kinds of things. And the financial aspect really does drive. Like that's the reality that no one can escape. And if you don't have an answer for that, then the other parts almost don't matter. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, as we said before the call, uh, before the podcast, it's interesting being in this world of healthcare. I mentioned to you, I've just never been in a situation in my career where I was saying something in, you know, literally a 180 from what I'm saying now, you know, it was nine, eight, nine weeks ago. It was, no, don't come to the hospital. Don't come near here. We've got to keep it on lockdown. And then, you know, nine weeks, eight, nine weeks later, we're at, Hey, come back, you know, come back. We're, we're safe. We're, we're, we're doing elective surgeries again. And it's just such an odd situation to be in when you're just going from one end of the, you know, of the pendulum to the other, and there's nothing in between. And we're in that world right now of how do we get people to understand it's time to come back because like you said in the beginning of this of this podcast it's so different from state to state region to region government to government it's crazy how different it is and i'm hearing a lot of open for business or back in business and in reality though a lot of these almost probably all of these hospitals were never out of business right they were always doing things it's just they had to do things in a much different way in a in a, in a very safe way but it is different in that, that we're trying to get people to come back and kind of level set with them and make them comfortable. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Like a lot of hospitals across the United States, a lot of hospital systems are almost having to re- rebrand themselves. And almost like you're almost from starting from square one and saying that, you know, you could say we're, we've always been the you know the best children's hospital here. We've always been the best bariatric program or whatever. COVID has just kind of leveled everything and made it almost like a level playing field. So you can almost, you can take that as a bad thing, but you can also take it as a good thing too, I think. I think so too. And now it is, it's up to marketing to communicate the answers that you were just describing, the the answers to those questions. What do you mean it's safe? You were just telling me to like stay away for (laughs) for my life. And you know, what changed? I'm not just going to believe that. Like the, the trust factor is what I'm not hearing enough about right now in terms of like when to turn a marketing campaign back on. I don't think that's even the right question of when to turn a campaign back on. It is like where you were going. What does our brand need to convey? What does our brand need to be for consumers to believe anything that we're saying and trust that? So it's up to marketing to communicate those answers in a relevant, transparent, trustworthy way. Like just period. And my fear is that they'll that, that too many hospitals and health systems will, because of their financial situation, like you were referring to, because of that, they're going to revert to slogans and taglines to tell the story. They're just going to tell consumers they're safe rather than show them that they're safe. You, I'm preaching to the choir with you, Peter, but you can imagine the difference between one of those frontline workers whose name has been already associated with being a hero, right? Somebody who has been, who has had their hands involved in keeping people safe and treating COVID patients or making a hospital safe, so a COVID free zone, one way or the other, being involved in the front lines and having that person show some video footage, walking through, showing the steps that your hospital is taking to be safe and what that even means. I mean, versus just some clever tagline. And, and that's, that's my fear. Like that, that's why mass advertising, and I, I talk about it almost every episode, like mass advertising by itself as the answer, like that's where it comes up short. 
And sure, that was fun. And we were able to turn that on quickly or whatever. Man, but that doesn't build trust at all. Like I'm fearful that it's going to do the exact opposite and erode all of the trust that we've just gained by now everyone referring to hospitals and health systems at frontline workers as heroes. I mean, that's never happened in my lifetime. So I, I just right. think it's going to be something to be careful. It's, it's a careful line that we're all, we're all going to have to walk, but even just being aware of it, like how it's going to come off as with everything in marketing and experience, the way that it actually comes off to consumers is so important. And I just, I don't want us to, to misstep here. And I don't want us to take a step backward after all it's said and done. This is the true opportunity to, to change, to shift the way that healthcare is marketed, to shift the way it's experienced. And I, I just want to see that happen more than anything. I agree. I mean, and this might be the time where five months ago, you were talking to surgeons about why they were doing a video or something along those lines um, about why uh, you should bring your grandmother or yourself or your child to this particular hospital or hospital system. What we might have now is the head of environmental services being interviewed, you know, head nurses talking about how much effort they've put into to keep their patients safe. You might be talking about food services, about what they're doing, you know, in, in a situation. So it's, it's an interesting shift. I think I wouldn't say it's temporary. It might be one of those things that, that this is a, a thing now. These people might be the next tier of stars, if you will, if you're, you know, your hospital is into doing videos or blogs or podcasts or any or all of the above. You may want to start looking at these folks now as people that you can utilize as content. You know, like I said, environmental services, head of, of nursing, child life services, whether it's, if, if it's a children's hospital, uh, food services. I mean, even for gosh sakes, even for, you know, shipping, receiving, you know, that kind of stuff or security, all of those things that people see and deal with on a daily basis when they come to your campus or your clinics or wherever it is, satellites, these are the people that you have to put your trust in. And so what does that mean? They may have to get media training or things along those lines, talking points, but it's just different to add in that group of people as well. And I know that's getting into tactical kind of stuff, but think about it. That could be a huge change as we, as we go forward in our messaging from marketing and communications. Exactly. I just don't, yeah, I don't want the des- the desperation feel to cause us to make that misstep. And so, uh, well put, Peter, you know, just, just thinking realistically, what can make the difference here? And I think you hit it spot on. So uh, as usual, Peter, just a, a delight to, uh, to dig into this stuff with you. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Man, uh, who who knows? You want to make any predictions? You know, like three months from now, like what uh, what 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 we're going to be dealing with? Ah, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I think um, I don't know. My sense is that masks are going to be probably a thing for a while. My sense is there might be more stations of uh, you know, kind of um, hand washing stations, or at least you know, Purell stations or something along those along those lines. I feel like things will calm down, but I do feel like telehealth apps and uh, dashboards are going to be looked at a lot more seriously. Let's just put it that way as we go forward. And and I think we're going to see that as a hybrid model going forward as well. Not to also, not to mention that I think workers like in the marketing and communications departments, what we deem as non-essentials, there will be more working from home. And I think, you know, the HR and, and uh, all those different departments, I think that's going to be a thing now too. So that might play into this as well. All right. We'll, we'll make a note of that and see, uh, see how correct you are three months from now. How about that? <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Very good. Very good. Yeah. 
Man, cool. Well, thanks, Peter. Uh, good stuff. Uh, good to hear from you. You as well. Thanks for having me on again. I hope we can do more in the future. And uh, hey, stay safe and healthy and uh, keep your families uh, as well. Likewise. Likewise. I need a dime, ain't faking a bump. So you crank out content, but it's getting stale. It might be nutritious, but it tastes like kale. You're down with finding a way to up your marketing game. Yeah, but when you look for help, everyone seems lame. We're Altera Digital. Google us and see. We're spelled like ultra with an extra E. We'll help you market forward. Google us and look. We're Altera Digital. It's off the hook. Hey guys, this is Jared. Altera Digital is just another name for our consulting team that helps you when your content, your strategy, or your brand is getting stale. You know, like that chocolate glazed donut that was a little piece of heaven in the morning, but when you left it on your desk until 4.13 in the afternoon and you went to finish it off, by then, mm, not so heavenly, was it? By now, you know our philosophy that content is the future, but only when it engages audiences and it isn't a snooze fest. And you've heard how we roll. The healthcare rap, what you're listening to right now is Exhibit A. We don't do boring. So if your content, your special event, or your strategy is getting stale, let us help you give it that spark, that rhythm, that new life you're looking for. Ultera Digital, marketing forward. Okay, now back to the podcast, right? Because it's pretty legit. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to join the posse. How do you do that, you ask? You join the posse by listening, subscribing, leaving a review, and telling your friends. Healthcare Wrap is a member of the brand new Shift.Health podcast network. Go check it out at Shift.Health. So on behalf of Peter, keep marketing forward, hang in there. Thanks, and that's a wrap. <laughs>